your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 5 tonight. By the way, uh, Brother Darren, if this starts cutting out, just, just wave your hand real far. Is it already there? I'll hear it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we've we got a little bit of a demon we're trying to exercise out of some uh, mic equipment. Hopefully it'll be okay tonight. But we're going to be looking at Acts 5, just verses 40 through 42. So we're not going not gonna to travel real far uh, in the book of Acts tonight. And we're going to be looking at moving forward with the task or continuing on. And we're going to look at a very short passage and uh, see that the work of God just kept going forward. Can I remind you tonight that God wants us to keep going forward? God wants us to move forward with the task. What's the task? The task is getting the gospel out. The task is sharing Christ. I preached Sunday morning in Calgary, their missions month, and uh, preached a message uh, that we looked at together as a church several several weeks ago, actually several months ago from Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, our mandate uh, to carry the gospel. And we see that it continues on. Look here, if you will, at verses 40 through 42, just a few verses here tonight. Acts chapter 5. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, I'm afraid today that if you and I were part of that crowd that were beaten, we would not have continued moving forward. We might have said, okay, we're done, this is it. But it goes on in verse 41 to say, and they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And our text verse, verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray you'd help us tonight as we look at your truth Lord, we know that this book is alive. We know it's powerful. We know that it pierces the dividing asunder, the thoughts and intents of our heart. Lord, as we examine just a small passage, just a few verses, just a few words, really, Lord, would you use those words mightily and powerfully. Bless us now. Help us. And Lord, help us to push forward to continue on. In your precious name we pray, amen. Does anybody know what today is the anniversary of? Anyone notice it was 60 years ago today that President Kennedy was shot? I was talking to my dad last night, and dad said, today's my birthday. I said, you're what? <laughs> he said, today's my birthday. Now, I knew that he meant his spiritual birthday, and I thought to myself, how in the world can you remember uh, the day that you got saved 60 years ago. And he said, I got saved the day before President Kennedy got shot. That's a pretty good marker uh, in the mind of uh, remembrance 60 years ago. So my dad just celebrated yesterday his 60th birthday as a Christian. My dad used to and still does make salsa. How many of you like salsa? How many of you like sweet salsa? I'm not a big fan. My dad makes sweet salsa. I mean, it'll, it'll give you, put you in a diabetic coma. 
I mean, it's just, I'm not a fan. I love my dad, but I don't love that salsa. And my first year in Bible college, I came back and visited my parents. And dad said, oh, try my salsa. I'd spent a year in Chicago and eating, you know, Mexican salsa in uh, phenomenal restaurants in Chicago. I, I learned what Mexican food was. I had real salsa. Before I went to college, I thought Taco Bell was Mexican. And I said, Dad, that's disgusting. There's no heat. It's just, ugh. So my dad said, I'm going to show him. So the next year, my dad bought habaneros, and he mixed them with his jalapenos that he grew, and he made a salsa that would remove the chrome off of a trailer hitch. He made a salsa that was so hot, he would not eat it. He only made it out of spite for me. And I came to visit. He was so excited. I remember you opened the side, he tried my salsa. And I dipped in there, and it was almost like a, a cartoon. <laughs> Flames flew out of my mouth. And I liked it, but it was so hot, you had to really use it in small doses. I had a friend in college, he would eat it like it was candy, but I would eat, and I like hot stuff. I, I had to eat it in little bits. My wife and I got married the next year or a few, maybe six months later, and dad gave me all that salsa because he's not going to eat it. And my wife will tell you, we would take the salsa and we would open the jar. My wife would take a spoon, and she dipped the spoon in the salsa pull the spoon out, not scoop, a spoon out of the salsa, stir a whole pot of chili, and it would be hot. Uh, tonight, we're going to just kind of you know, dip in a little bit, uh, but I believe some powerful words and powerful truth, and literally, we're going to look at, basically focus on just the words in verse 42 tonight as we see the Word of God. The commission, and by the way, it's still the standing commission. God has not changed it. God has not altered it. The commission of the risen Lord, Jesus Christ, is that we should be on the job every day, everywhere, witnessing of His grace and power. And we can refer back to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16, Luke chapter 24, John chapter 20, and Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and we can see that commission. We can know God's purpose today. It hasn't changed. It is the standing commission. It's still the purpose of God. So be assured of that. We still have the same purpose. Now, the early church here in Jerusalem, this group of believers that gathered together in the city of Jerusalem, it was growing. And it was growing because they were ready to tell others about the Lord. It was growing because they were moving forward with the task. They were pushing forward with the task of the Great Commission. Uh, we see the pressure of the enemy. We see a great persecution against the apostles, uh, against those early uh, church leaders. It led to the what? The spread of the gospel. It didn't lead to stopping the gospel. The persecution led to the gospel going forth. By the way, whenever Nero and, and other men would persecute uh, the church and the believers in Jerusalem, what happened? The, the church would spread abroad and the gospel would go with those people that would travel. The Bible says, And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. 
Immediately following that, look there in verse 42. Immediately following those words, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. There was a holy determination that gripped these believers that caused them to move forward. They got the job of obeying God's command to preach the gospel, and they kept it up. As I mentioned, we're going to look at just a few words, just dip in just a little bit here into this passage. Number one, notice three words. They ceased not. They ceased not. Those few words tell us that they were on the job. They were pushing forward. They, they were not stopping. They were not going backwards. They recognized that everyone they met was someone who potentially needed to hear the gospel. How many of you have been approached by people in multi-level marketing in the past? Isn't that horrible? I wish all multi-level marketing would be wiped off the face of the earth, exploded in the atmosphere. And uh, Anyway, I digress. Uh, but, you know, you, uh, you, get a, you get a friend that gets involved in a multi-level marketing scheme. And, yes, I said scheme. And, hey, let's go out for dinner this week. And you want to say, look, I know why you want to go out for dinner. You don't care about me going for dinner with you. You want me involved in your scheme. I remember years ago, my dad and I got got roped into going to one of those presentations about 20 years ago. And praise God, I love the dear brother. He's in heaven now. At least I think he's in heaven now. But uh, we, every person that you meet after you're involved, oh, man, somebody's got to be involved. They've got to be part of this. Because that's all that matters. That's the focus of your life. What a shame that, that even though that is the case, that it's not the case for believers that we who have that which is perfect, we who have that which is holy and righteous that is needed everywhere by every person, that we are not connecting with every person for the purpose of getting them the gospel. Now, we'll do so uh, you know, to sell our scented oils. <laughs> we'll do so to sell our soaps and uh, our decorations and our jewelry. And, and those are not sinful things, but they become such a big focus, and yet we forget we have the gospel. And they ceased not. They pushed forward. D.O. Moody, a man who was not an educated man, a man who struggled even speaking the English language, D.L. Moody vowed that every day he would witness to at least one person. Many stories from history about people that Moody shared the gospel with that came to Christ. They ceased not. They ceased not. The authorities could not stop them. Culture could not stop them. Imprisonment could not stop them. Being beaten could not stop them. Sometimes it doesn't take very much to stop us. I love Brother Dan Crumball. Appreciate Brother Dan, his faithfulness. Pastor Crumball is a, just a phenomenal man. And he's a man's man. Those of you that know Brother Crumball know he's a... Uh, there's nothing but man in him. He, he's, a, uh, he's a rough, tough man, the way men ought to be. And he drives a pickup truck. And as far as I've known him, he's always had a pickup truck. And years ago, he had his pickup truck. He was at the reserve, 
I was there preaching. He was leading singing back then. And we went to leave. There was snow about like there is right now. And Brother Dan went to leave in his big manly diesel pickup truck. Brother Jeff, he got stuck. Because the four-wheel drive shaft in the front was broken, he had to remove it. So he's in two-wheel drive, big truck, and he's spinning. And he couldn't go forward. I wish I'd have had a video of this. I hooked up my Ford Taurus station wagon to his big diesel truck. And I pulled him out. My girls are there. They remember as we kept him moving forward. I think Brother Dan just thought about, forget, I'll just live here the rest of my life. I'm not letting a car pull me. But he needed to keep going forward. Christian, these believers cease not. They just kept going. They didn't let the small or the big thing stop them. If we were getting on with a job like Peter and John, if we were pushing forward as these early believers, I wonder what we would see in our culture today. Let's continue on here in this verse in our text. I want you to notice a few more words. Number two, and daily in the temple and in every house. I want you to notice that two places, in the temple and in every house. Their witnessing was in two spheres. They, they had two, two areas of witnessing. There was a public area and a private area. Miss B grew up as a young girl in China. In China, there in Jilin, where she was, there was a ministry and they tried to share Christ, but they were not allowed to publicly go out and preach Christ. They could very discreetly share Christ in the homes. The only place they were allowed openly to preach Christ was in the English corner, a place where folks would go to try to learn English, and there you could talk about anything. But most of China, you can't publicly preach Christ. You have to be very careful. You have to be very guarded in preaching Christ. We see here that they were publicly preaching Christ. But it wasn't just a public preaching. They were preaching publicly and they were preaching privately. The Bible says from house to house. They gathered together. They would go home to home. They go door to door. House to house, the Bible says. Uh, there's no place that we can't engage in sharing Christ. Peter and John preached in the temple. There were groups that gathered there that would go from house to house. We see the words there, every, notice verse 42, every house. Every house. C.T. Studd, the great preacher and theologian of years to go, caught the spirit of that when he ordered all of his missionaries to preach the gospel so thoroughly, so thoroughly in the area that they shared the gospel, that, and where they were working, that not one person would ever be able to say in that area, we haven't heard. He would push for those men, hey, you make sure every person in that area hears. That's exactly what was happening. They were pushing forward. They were continuing on. They were preaching publicly. They were preaching privately. That's precisely how it ought to be. At the end of Acts chapter 7, and we won't read here tonight, but at the end of Acts chapter 7 and into the beginning of Acts chapter 8, we read of the persecution that came about 
after the stoning of Stephen. We read about Stephen's burial and the, the, the scattering of believers after the persecution, the death of Stephen. By the way, those Christians who left Jerusalem after the stoning of Stephen, that persecution, they had been in Jerusalem about seven years. About seven years. But in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, I'll read for you very quickly. It says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Everywhere preaching the word. Acts chapter 11 verse 19 says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Can I tell you that they, when they had to leave their hometown and they had to leave where they were for the sake of their own lives, where they went, they kept preaching. Where they went, they kept pushing forward. They did not stop. Publicly, house to house, they were gripped by a passion to declare the message to as many people as possible. As quickly, if you will, as possible. John chapter 9 and verse 4 tells us Jesus' words, I must work the works of him that sent me. Lot is day. We want to change it to I must rest the rest of him that sent me. But Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. Number three, as we go back to our text, if you will, go back to Acts in chapter 5. As we look at that verse, that single verse, verse 42. Number three here tonight. Notice the words, to teach and preach. To teach and preach. What do they do? I believe it's very significant. God's word is important. The Bible says not one jot or one tittle will pass away. Every little aspect of every letter is important. Very important. These two words are very important. They not only preached, the Bible says they taught. They exercised the teaching ministry. The word preach means to proclaim or tell forth the gospel message. By the way, anybody can proclaim and tear forth the gospel message. There's a difference between what we're speaking about here and being a preacher or pastor. Now, the Bible's plain that a pastor... Uh, there's se several qualifications for a pastor or a bishop. Uh, they are uh, very specific, but anybody can proclaim the gospel. They proclaimed or told forth the gospel message. And teach gives the connotation here of counseling, a one-on-one of, of teaching and helping and, and growing along, not just the proclaiming. One of the greatest needs in our world today is teaching evangelism. I want to make a statement, and don't miss this. I, I, I highlighted it here because I wanted to, 
make sure that I, I get it very specifically the way I want to say it. It's not enough to say to our generation, to most, let me use the word most, to most of our generation, it's not enough to simply say to our, most of our modern generation, come to Jesus. Most of the time we have to explain who Jesus is in our culture today. We have to explain why they need to come to Jesus today because of sin and what sin is and the penalty of sin. Uh, what, who Christ is, what he's done, what he can do for them. So they can truly come to Christ. Come to Christ. We see here that there was teaching and there was preaching. I thought as I prayed and I mentioned in prayer tonight, I remember the very first person I ever met who didn't know Jesus Christ. Didn't know the name Jesus. I don't, I don't mean didn't know him as a Savior. Didn't even know the name. I knocked on a, back, a door behind the back alley. My wife will remember there was a restaurant called La Michoacan. La Lindo Michoacan. Uh, the beautiful Michoacan. Michoacan's a state in uh, Mexico. And back in behind the Lindo Michoacan restaurant, there were some houses. And I knocked on a door, the second or third story, and this lady opened the door, beautiful lady, very, very sweet lady, who spoke very little English. I know her name, but I can't think of it now. And I knocked on her door, and I, I said to her, I had a flyer in my hand. We had something going on in our bus that Sunday, and I I said, hey, we want to give you this invitation to come, to come to our church. And she said to me, what is church? That was the day that I learned that in the Khmer language, there is no word for church. They have the word Bat, Angkor Wat, a very popular place in Cambodia. Uh, that means Buddhist temple. It is, does not mean church. The word Bat is not, that's not church. It means Buddhist temple, very specific. There is no word in their language for church. If you meet a... Khmer believer, Cambodian believer, you'll find that the word they use to speak of church is the English word church because they have none in their language. And I, okay, she's never heard of a church, and I, I mentioned, I gave her a gospel track, and I said, hey, I said, let me give you this. I said, it tells you what Jesus has done for you. And, and she said, I do not know Jesus. Does he live in my building? And I stood there in stupor, is I realized this lady has never even heard the name of Jesus. She'd never seen a Bible. She'd never heard the message. Like, she knew this meant nothing to her. She had no idea who Jesus was. She knew nothing. That dear lady, I, I couldn't say to her, hey, come to Jesus. I literally had to sit down, and I can't remember how many hours that I would sit down with her, and I, I started in Genesis. And I didn't start Genesis 1-1 and teach her every verse, but I literally started at creation. And I explained the gospel from her starting in Genesis chapter 1. I, I had to take hours and hours and hours and hours over several visits just for her to understand who Jesus was. We have a need of that today. We have a need of preaching and teaching the word of God. The Lord himself was very plain in Matthew chapter 28 that we were to preach and to teach.
in the Great Commission, he said we're to preach the gospel to every creature and, not, not or, and teaching them all things whatsoever I've commanded you. They're together. They come together. How many of you like French fries and gravy? How many of you don't like that? A few of you? You're un-Canadian, Jeff. First time we came to Canada, back in 2001, my wife and I went to a drive-thru. We went to Burger King drive-thru. Got some fast food. And they asked me the question, Brother Jeff, would you like gravy with that? I got some burgers and fries. And I looked at Carrie and I said, what's up with that? Like, we didn't get mashed potatoes. Uh, what do we want gravy for? And I'm like, no, you weirdo. Why would you ask me that? I didn't say that, but I thought it. And then we, a year or two later, we were in Ontario. I was preaching there, and we had learned that Canadians, some Canadians, not all, eat gravy on their fries. And we went to a family's home. We were at a missions conference in Toronto, Pastor Brian Johnston. Actually, with Brother Phil Palace, Brother Johnston was working there at the time. And in London, Ontario, we went to a family's home. And I looked on the table, and I saw the, the American staple, mashed potatoes. And I thought, praise God, there's mashed potatoes. And I looked beside of me. There was a young girl. She got a big scoop of mashed potatoes in her plate. And I watched as she grabbed the ketchup. She covered the mashed potatoes with ketchup. And I thought, dear God, this country needs Jesus. <laughs> now, after we came to Canada, I've learned to like gravy on my fries. Now, I like ketchup on my fries. Brother Colton does not like ketchup. He thinks ketchup's of the devil. I believe that ketchup is from the devil, but only when it's in tomato form. But I like gravy on my fries. I like them together. There are some of you that, man, if you get gravy or fries, you've got to have gravy. I mean, they just you have to have the two. But in the U.S., it's ketchup. And my wife's brother... He was a ketchup fiend when he was younger, still is actually. He's pretty much a giant, great big kid. But I remember it was Christmas time, and Carrie and her mom went out Christmas shopping, and I was left at Carrie's parents with Carrie's little brother. He was maybe 15, 14 at the time. And I cooked some French fries, and we fried them in oil. Carrie's mom would cook them in the oven to be, you know, healthy. I said, son, let me teach you how to make French fries. We fried them. He was excited, man. You'd have thought the Shekinah glory of God was coming down. And we got the French fries out. He was so excited, and he went to the cabinet to get ketchup. And his world fell apart. There was no ketchup in the house. How many of you have one of those drawers where you put all the extra anything in it, the junk drawer? He opened the junk drawer like, please, Lord, oh, God, of Abraham and Isaac, let there be ketchup packets. And no ketchup packets. His life was ruined because he had to have his ketchup with his french fries. Believer, I, I believe with all my heart, if we're to push forward with the gospel, we've got to have that teaching and that proclaiming together to push forward. We see that here. Uh, we see that in Matthew 28, as I mentioned, verse 20 particularly. We won't turn back there. But Acts chapter 18, I'll read for you very quick. You can turn if you'd like to. Acts chapter 18 and verse number 26. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, 
they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Now, I want you to think about this. We're talking about a man who would go on to be a known man. A man that's a great preacher of the Bible. Man, Apollos. Woo, I'm of Apollos. Can I tell you how Apollos got to where he could preach and proclaim the truth of the gospel so profoundly? Because a couple in the church said, hey, can we help you? Let's, let's, let's disciple you. Let's, let, let's teach you a bit and help get some underpinning underneath of you. They teach to teach and preach. Back in our text, if you turn there, chapter 5 and verse 42. And then the final thing. I said tonight, just a very small dose, just a little dipping into the jar tonight. The final thing to notice here as we think about them pushing forward and going on and not stopping, continuing the mission, summed up in two words. Two words in verse 42. The last two words. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ. What was it they taught and what was it they preached? Jesus Christ. It's significant. They did not preach religion. They did not preach church affiliation. And I praise God they did not preach politics. They proclaimed Christ. We've got to get back to preaching Jesus Christ. Christ, a loving, living, powerful Son of God. Acts chapter 8 and verse 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. What did Philip preach? Can I tell you Philip's message? I know what it was. It says, And preached Christ unto them. Preached Christ unto them. Acts chapter 8 and verse 35 it says, and Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, this is the Ethiopian eunuch, preached unto him Jesus, Jesus Christ. They preached Christ, a loving, living, powerful, saving son of God. They preached Jesus Christ, the saving name of the Lord. Turn back to Matthew with me. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. Matthew 1, 21. Here we have the record of the angel's appearance to Joseph. In verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus, the Savior. The Savior. Jesus Christ. They preach Jesus Christ, the name which secures us. Look at Proverbs 18 with me. Back in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs. In verse number eight, chapter number 18 of Proverbs and verse 10. <coughs> Proverbs 18:10, "The name of the Lord is a strong tower." The righteous runneth to it, and it is safe. 
They didn't preach morals. I believe God wants us to be moral people. God gave us a book of moral law that we should follow. It's not man's law, it's God's law. But they didn't preach morality. They, they didn't preach, well, you have to do this and act this way. It's that, that wasn't the message of the gospel. Now, that was part of the teaching. But the message the lost world needed was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ is like a sweet perfume. Song of Solomon. We see the picture of Solomon and his lover, the one that he loves. And we see beautiful pictures of that great love, the picture of the great love that God has for us, of the sweetness of our God to us. And we see that uh, his name on our lips, like the, that name of the one we love. Turn to 2 Corinthians with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. What fired them up? What caused them to continue on and to push forward with the message to not stop? It was the love of Christ. The love of Christ constraineth us. Constraineth us. They had a holy determination to be obedient to his command. In the Gospel of John, we see in John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. If tonight Miss Cheryl said to Hannah, Hannah, go clean your room. Last time I was at their house, actually, Han showed me her room, so she probably does need to clean it. Uh, Hannah was not excited about that. But if she's, she's, how many of you knew that Filipinas could blush? Look at that. She's, she's like turning the color. She's turning pink. And if uh, she said to Hannah tonight, Hannah, go clean your room. And Hannah said to Cheryl, Mother dearest, that's how, she, that's how she addresses her mother. I love you. I love you with all the love that is in the world. But no, I'm not going to clean my room. And she went upstairs. I'd be preaching a funeral, Brother Bonnie, later next week for Hannah. Her mother would, wouldn't say, I, I, I believe you love me. No, she said, I don't believe you love me. I, if you told me, no, I'm not going to obey, you don't love me. God says, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. In the Gospel of Mark, and I hasten here, Mark chapter number 5 and verse 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. Christian, we need to go home to our friends. We need to tell them how great things God's done for us. We need to make sure we don't stop the gospel going forth. We need to keep pushing forward. We need to keep following the commission. Keep going 
pushing forward with those marching orders. I want to take just a few moments and mention a few believers to you tonight. If you have a pen, I recommend if you want to write down some references to look at later. We won't turn there tonight. But I want you to think of some Christians who just kept going on and getting on with the job. Andrew. We see Andrew in John chapter 1, verse 41 and verse 42. By the way, Andrew went to find his brother. Andrew didn't just say, wow, man, now I, I know who the Messiah is. That's wonderful. Andrew said, I'm going to take that message. I'm going to tell my brother. He kept going forward and getting on with the job. Philip did the same thing, John 1, verse 43 through 45. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. One of my favorite gospel encounters in all the Bible. If I could go back and witness one interaction personally of Jesus Christ, it would probably be his interaction with the woman at the well. I'd love to be there to witness him speaking with her, and I'd love to, I'd love to follow her into town. Because when she met Jesus... She left her water pots, and she went to town and said, Come see a man that's told me all things whatsoever I've ever done. She just kept pushing forward the message of the gospel. We see that in John chapter 4, verses 25 through 30. In the gospel of John chapter 5, we see the man at Bethesda. John 5, 9 through 15. We see a man born blind in John chapter 9, verses 9 through 25. Just kept pushing forward. The man at the gate in Acts chapter 3 we studied several weeks ago. We find the Christians in Acts chapter 4. Turn there with me. We'll see a few verses in Acts here and we'll close. Acts chapter 4 verse 33. The Bible says, And with great power, Gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and great grace was upon them all as they kept pushing forward. We see Saul of Tarsus in Acts chapter 9, verse 18 through 20. It says, And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples for Damascus. I praise God that Paul kept pushing forward. We see Paul and Barnabas. They were in prison, but they kept pushing forward. We see Paul at Corinth in Acts chapter 18, verse 4, as he kept pushing forward. Paul at Ephesus, Acts chapter 19. And finally, Paul before the elders at Acts chapter 20. All of those things have in common that the gospel, that message, just kept pushing forward. There was no stopping. As we look back to that little verse that we dipped into tonight, those few words, powerful words, and daily in the temple. And in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. That verse is what our world needs today. That's what the country of the, the Netherlands were. Well, the Colton is called to go needs. It needs somebody to go and cease not to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ house to house publicly. That's what our city needs. That's what every city, what every person needs daily.
in the temple in every house, they ceased not. Christian, we need to continue. We need to keep pushing forward. We need to realize the importance of moving forward with the task. Every one of us have witnessed somebody who was doing something they didn't want to do. There's probably nobody that embodies that more than a teenager that has to take out the trash. Hey, remember the Bonnie? As you tell Bonnie, hey, take the trash out. You got to breathe out for like 40 seconds, right? Okay. That slow walk. To look back. Just barely moving. Yeah, I'm getting it out. I'm doing it. And we laugh. But I think a lot of times that's the way we treat the work of God. Yeah, I'm moving forward. What do you mean, God? I, I haven't stopped. But I'm afraid so often we do stop. So often we, we stop and we don't keep moving forward. We need to make sure that we just continue forward with the task. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray you'd help us to follow the words of this powerful verse. Lord, I think if we could fully get a taste of these words, Lord, it would affect every aspect of our life. Well, the gospel did not stop in Jerusalem. It did not stop with Peter, James, and John. It kept going forward because they kept moving forward with the task at hand. Lord, tonight if we're here as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the gospel because somebody gave it to us. Lord, I shared tonight, my dad yesterday celebrated a spiritual birthday 60 years ago. Lord, just a few months ago, it was 43 years ago. That man who was saved 60 years ago took the word of God and shared with me how I could be born again. Lord, I thank you that he did not keep the gospel from moving forward. I thank you for every person in this room who knows you as Savior. Lord, I pray that we would not keep the gospel from moving forward. God, help us to tell somebody this week. Help us to tell somebody tomorrow. Help us to be seeking actively to reach someone with, for Christ. Daily. House to house. May we preach, may we teach, and Lord, may our message be Jesus Christ. Help us, empower us, and boldness. We praise you, Lord. We ask for your help. Bless us now as we're dismissed this evening. In your precious name we pray. Amen.